Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. You have a topic for today, you said? I do have a topic for today. So we were talking a lot yesterday about language, uh, particularly around getting context from a client. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had a healthy discussion around uh, the phrase, help me understand, um, which you were talking about how you use in this. And it it started, you know, quite a a whoo, you know, people had a lot of feelings about this. All right. Okay. We'll back it up for our listeners. We are talking about a yeah. tool called making distinctions and it's kind of like the defining terms tool yeah. is uh, the difference. Oh, let me go to my notes for this one. I clear that down. So the difference between making distinctions and uh, defining terms. Uh, so the defining terms, it's one thing describes it, it stands alone. And this distinction is between uh, two things. So it could be something that's formal versus informal, because uh, we think binary. I have a question about that as well. I put question mark. Do we think binary? Mm-hmm. No, I'm a fluid. I'd like to say I'm a bit more fluid. No, binary. but I think we do. I think we okay. do. I think there's lots of psychological research that's like, it's okay. very, you want to compartmentalize. You want to know if it's a this or a that. Is it good or it's bad? Is it yes or it's no? You know, okay. I get that there's fluid, but I think by nature, yeah. All right. So then we got into distinction of distinction making of words essentially yeah and then, then we've gone to the stay curious and they put on these fillers or barnacles like these phrases before yeah that's what you're talking about yeah and i think it's good to know i want to give a little more context which Please. is funny since that's what we're talking about but like the distinctions a great example we talked about in class was like what's the what's the difference between management and leadership right so that's what we're getting people to do mm-hmm. is a clients having them walk through like okay what is what do I think is the distinction between those two terms, right? Like how, when I might need to make a decision or I'm talking about work or like a conflict or whatever it is that I'm being coached on, you know, kind of understanding the distinction I have between concepts like that could be really useful, right? And can help clarify a path. Um, totally. And so another distinction I read in a book, uh, Finding Your Why by Simon Sinek. I'm not sure about that book, but he did make a comment like we they do. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But uh, we follow leaders because we have to and we follow those who lead because we want to. So the idea of leaders and leadership and those right. who lead. So how do you define not define distinguish between those things, I guess? Right. So yeah. um, and Yes, the idea of a barnacle, which I think is a great term. So, uh, you know, Katie references uh, a barnacle being uh, like a a scratchy bit that might (laughs) kind of get in the way of your question. So anytime you're leading into something. So, you know, I heard you say this and I was wondering if, you know, X because of Y. And so it's just a lot of um, stuff that the client has to wade through. And what I made a note on was, is this a change of empathy, right? Is this a, is this viewing empathy in a different way? Because I think you and I have both in our training and advising, working in education, spent a lot of time uh, building or recognizing that empathy is relating in and, and making sure that someone knows that, that you understand them and you're listening to them. Right. And I was like, how curious that right now that might be considered a barnacle right? Because Mm -hmm. am I putting too much of myself, right? Um, 
in that conversation or am I directing the client in a different way because, you know, all these counseling techniques we've learned. And again, we've already talked coaching's not counseling, but, you know, summarizing, I hear you say this, I hear you say that. And there's always a place for those. Um, but it was just an interesting note that I made. I was like, is empathy looking different in a coaching relationship than perhaps we're used to? Okay. So we love to contextualize and tell stories and, I can give an example that this past week I coached a client and sometimes the extra context, like Captain Context myself, um, I'll own it. It confused the client. So I think these fillers or barnacles that we're talking about can misdirect or give confusion around the question you want to ask. And the idea is you want to get them directly. Um, These other staying curious fillers like, I'm just wondering, or out of curiosity, then question, um, could be okay, but if we offer too much context, I don't know if it's an empathy thing, but it gets past what a client can take in. So I think these, this is where I think of a cognitive load for us as coaches, as well as our clients. I think some clients struggle with that if you don't just ask them the thing. And that's, I learned that because I had to, like, my client's like, I don't understand. Can you ask me that again? I was like, mm shut up and just ask the question. So it depends is my answer to that. Yeah. I, and I, I 100% agree. And I don't think that there's ever going to be a situation with a lot of these tools. And this is part of our conversation yesterday in class was, you know, you're never going to say always do this, never do that, you know, always ask it this way. Um, but I think it is a good, you know, when I'm approaching this as a professional development piece as well. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, where do I lean in and where do I start? Ugh, I hate it when I say that. Um, where do I? <laughs> well, I start over, I can edit that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I'm thinking about what skills am I developing here, right? Like how can I change my questioning or how can I, you know, really up my game? I think that is a space for me 100% to focus. It's definitely a growth area that I need as well. And I'm becoming more aware of it. So the book I referenced that you said people love, he wants people to talk with a thinking partner for like three hours. And I'm like, find yourself a coach. You can get it done in one, maybe two at most. Um, And you get to the point because these other stories is really what comes out of, um, tell me and help me understand. I think the thought of me putting that as a, a prop or barnacle before wasn't help me understand the thing and give me more information. It's help me understand what does that mean to you in that moment is that was kind of my setup. So maybe sometimes we don't need to set up the questions with the barnacles. We need to just get in and um, still stay curious. So I have a a flaw with his book, finding your why I am listening to it. Um, I'd like the idea of discoverability, but I think what's awesome about coaches versus someone you just talk this out with or your partner or someone at work or your boss is they're going to go and go, let's get to it. Let's get into it. Bam, question. And people realize that right away. They're like, oh, we're just not warming up here. And okay, we're going to get real and uh, get really vulnerable to talk about something uncomfortable or awkward or something they won't ever really talk about with anyone else. And it's not a therapy thing. It's a, I've been thinking this thing. I've just never said it out loud. And now I'm actualizing it because you've asked me this direct question that's pretty blunt. Um, So I'm trying to think about ways to balance that buffer um and bluntness i guess well and i think that's why the conversation around coaching presence is so important right because 
you and I, in our decade of relationship, are going to ask a blunt question a little differently than I might ask a blunt question to a client, right? Because that relationship is new. And I think to your point about vulnerability, that really hit it for me because I, I think there's always fear around being vulnerable in any situation. And so we use barnacles to like maybe not make it as vulnerable, right? So I'm going to couch this question a bit. And so it's not as scary because I'm not being as blunt. I'm giving you a little bit of a softball, you know, um, before we get into that blunt question. Yeah, but I do think, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I've done that too, but knowing your client they will trust you really quite fast. So those relationships are kind of cool because you know when you ask the question and they go, I've never thought of that or I don't know or that's a really good question and no one's asked me that. I think is also just as rewarding. Um, there is a care in coaching and I'm not saying it's going to be <laughs> monotone, like no emotion involved um, because there are. Uh, but I think what I'm starting to learn more and we could talk about our observations is you mirror the behavior, you either match or you bring down the tone. And so I have to recognize that things that we bring in to our friend conversation is going to look different with a client because I don't want to, if they're hyped up, then I'm going to slow them down and I'm going to watch my tone. And that's something I learned in the last um, pacing of a, <laughs> there was like a bit of frenzy with a client. And I was like, oh, I have to really slow it down. And when we were being observed, Katie said, you need to, yeah, slow your pace and your tone. And just, I was like, okay, got it. I was like, okay, I have to breathe. And wanna, I'm like, do you want to borrow the kids for the weekend? Because that's <laughs> the best way I've learned how to keep my tone even. When they go high, you got to like keep it even keel, just yeah. respond. When they're freaking out about fruit snacks, you just got to respond even keel. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, I think you're just trying to sucker me into babysitting, but that's fine. 100%. Yeah. We can switch. I'll take Jack for the weekend. Okay. Because Laura's dog, in case anyone doesn't know. And <laughs> you can have the kids. It'll be great. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, I guess it does. We really, as people, as humans, um, not robots yet, robots yet, um, we do reflect back. And so you match someone's tone, really, when they change it, which is kind of cool. Yes. I was going to be like, emotions are real. And I was like, that's <laughs> silly. But I said it anyway. <laughs> uh, emotions are real. Um, so you've been coaching now. Let's go, let's go tell, stay in this emotional train. Um, how's that been going? How, how have emotions been in your session? Um, I haven't really uh, coached much more af after the ones that were required for our class. I need to jump in that game more. Mm -hmm. Have you had experience, though, with some emotional reactions and yeah, I got a lot of feedback, and I can't remember if we already talked about this, that I was uh, bottom lining a little too fast. <laughs> Back to our conversation about being blunt and getting to the point. <laughs> why, why do you think you were, or how do you think you were bottom lining, I should say? Uh, well, I was really hoping to like connect the dots, right? And help, uh, mm. like, let's make some progress, right? Let's, I'm hearing you talk, and these are the things that I'm seeing, and does this land with you? And in each situation, I definitely was like, I'm going to, can I present a theory, right? Or like an observation. It wasn't like, you're doing this, brr, you know? Um, but it definitely, you know, Katie had a great point of how much, how more powerful, I think we did talk about this last time, huh? How much more powerful it is when a client can discover those things themselves. Um, yeah. And it, I think there is a process that you want, we want to speed up in some ways um, that you're like, nah, the client has to get there themselves then. Yeah. yeah this was part of our last episode a little bit, but yeah. Um, some of that bluntness, 
is okay. Like I have clipped people on Don't Tell Me the Story. Like, uh, it's cool. You're going to go, I, I went, I'm going to stop you there. You're going to tell me this thing. Don't tell me the thing. Tell me how you felt. Right. What emotions are coming up from it. Um, yeah. Because I think emotions and the emotional reactions we get from our clients are pretty relevant. Um, seen or said, I think. I agree. I think too, I'm really learning, like, I want to make the coaching experience a good one for my client. So I'm really trying to like, make sure they get something out of it, but I can't define what that means, right? It all comes back to this, like trusting your client and really making it client centered because I can't be the one who's like, this is what progress looks like, or this means that we are successful, right? The client has to define that. And so reminding yourself, myself that, okay, if I, you know, they're walking away with two to-do list items and that feels great for them. And then that means we did well, you know? Or they're just walking away with having the conversation that yeah. they never said. Yeah, I think um, I worry about that too because when people pay for services and yeah. coaching, if done well, I think is rewarding and it looks different. There is no like, there is a kind of a formula in terms of agenda, set the agenda, uh, set ask powerful questions and come out with an outcome of some sort. But realistically, it could be anything and it's really individualized and so as much as like a client has this goal that they set when something else comes up in the session and you redirect like you ask is that where you want to go um for me i want to double check that we're doing the session piece and then that co-creating the plan back in the day when they said why they came to the coaching mm -hmm. is there a matchup so i think i'm trying to think about balancing i guess their bigger overarching of rationale of why they've come or and with that session to session kind of goal setting mm -hmm. Still working that one out. I don't know. So, yeah, something that's been hard um, in the last few months. We're recording now. Oh God, it's November. November. Um, I've noticed is, and this isn't. And this is myself. Like people are finding it really hard to keep on track of themselves or following up, or they're getting misdirected, and that's just life these days. I uh, so. I never want a client to feel like they didn't do homework or didn't follow up or, mm -hmm. but there is a gap. And I think I've been more cognizant of like check-ins just general, like not saying you have to make an appointment, just saying, hi, how are you? It's okay not to be okay. Or yeah, just checking in saying, how's it going? That's it. So it's really hard. I did notice in my, in my class session yesterday, both of us were sort of in this space of like, I think I'm struggling with this because it's like, how do I separate this experience from the pandemic experience, right? Because mm -hmm. there is, because I know that there is part of this issue that exists outside of pandemic life. And yet I also know that pandemic life is impacting the situation and how, so to move forward right now, how do you, how do you separate that? You know? Um, yeah. I think to your point, right. And so I, it, it feels uh, challenging, I think, to coach in this time because of that. Right, because what problem do we need to deal with? Right, is 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 kind of the question I think about, and that's what coaching's for, right? And you're going to get to that, and we've talked about that. You've mentioned that a couple times. You know, having those conversations where you've not had them before, um, and the power in that. Yeah, and I think some of our clients that are coming, um, and people that might come into coaching now, as an example of um, a multiple factors of them just asking themselves the bigger questions of their next decision in life, personally or professionally habits they want to change and change because they've had to because of situation uh, they, they're in lockdown now and can't go out and run or 
they're in some other state of work life and they're not sure this is the work they want to be doing. And so I do think, I think coaching helps to clear. And even if they're not certain and we get to like that murky middle of the coaching part that we start unpacking and digging deep, there's some factors that come out that are probably true to who they, what they're dealing with. Even if we peel back that pandemic, the racial injustice of the world, the um, election results of here in the U.S., which impacts everyone in the country and the world. Um, where it, it, so all these other little factors, are like I think of the onion, and there's always going to be that center core. Like when you peel back the pandemic and other issues, I think the core thing comes out in that middle. We call it the murky middle or those middle parts of the uh, coaching session that I think it's really important to get to and not um, skate on that surface because there are probably issues before the pandemic. It's just look easier, different, something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I wondered, you know, like, am I, is the, is the, you know, the gift, if you will, if we want to try a silver lining, this is the gift mm-hmm. like that. Maybe I would try new strategies or strategies in a different way because of what feels possible or what feels doable right now. Um, I don't know. Like maybe that's an upside. Maybe it's a downside, right? Maybe it is affecting, but I, I do think it, to your point, it allows you to look at problems in a different way. You're putting your opportunity um, overalls on. I, I like, like that. that. Opportunity yeah. overall. I'm going to take that, take that, use it with the kids. Totally. <laughs> opportunity. Put on your opportunity, big pants. And uh, no, I do think you're right. Like I, it's funny. We talked about, and I talked, I mentioned to you when I was going to sign up for this coaching training, I was like, what else do we got going on in our lives? And we have to be inside, Julie. Plus, it'd be fun to be in school with you. And so I think we took this chance to do some learning. And other people are doing this too. Some people are learning new skills, tooling up in some other area, or really coming to terms with like, what am I at the core? <laughs> if it's if this work thing's not so great, what do I really want to be doing? And that's a big part of everyone's, I think, personal and professional lives is like, what do I want to be doing with my time and time well spent? And so there should be no shortage of coaches out there for any of these topics, I think. It's um, very funny. I was catching up with Kate today. She went to the international district dinner with us and she was like, well, you know, I bought a loom and I was a little, she's like, I took a weaving class, got really excited, bought a loom. I was a little nervous. I wasn't going to use it much, but it's so big in my living room that I can't really avoid it. Well, no, it's true. If you have something you do, like you even came in from a cycling session because you're like, I'm going to buy this like sweet ass bike from a studio and ride because that's what we do now. I think that's good. So um, the question about distinctions and definitions, yeah. let's, let's, let's bookend this as we, before we close out. Now, what are some things you're thinking of that might come up when you're going to ask a client around like distinctions? Ask your question a different way. How will distinctions impacts like kind of decisions that your client looks for and so someone's so this seems very vague we've given a couple examples around supervisor leader um so what were some of the conversations that you might have had about distinctions in your practice coaching oh we had a great one around like community and and relationship right in one of my sessions um and i I don't think it was as direct as making distinctions because we hadn't really talked about it yet. But I think making distinctions feels pretty natural, particularly with our backgrounds. I think we did that a lot with students, right? Like, what do you mean when you, you know, like, is it this or is it that? Um, and I think that's a great one, right? Like, what is a community versus what is a relationship? And, and how do those interact with one another? What is the distinction? 
Um, yeah. The uh, kind of distinction we had was around planning, strategic planning versus control of your schedule. Mm. Like, what are those two? Those are the two things. And, and it's funny, they are somewhat binary, but they could also be related. So we talk a little bit about that. Or, yeah, I think it's the idea of time. Time would come up a lot for folks. Um, yeah. Distinguishing between leisure and work. And well, and what's, a t- what's time-based and what's a priority, right? Oh, like, that's good. I don't have time. Okay, but, how, you know, like, what is time versus a priority? That's good. I like that. I like talking about leading from within a role versus being a leader in a role. I think that comes up a lot when I talk to folks. Um, Some in higher ed, rank really matters. And I guess it does in some other sectors as well, or people care about that. And I just don't really. Um, And I don't miss that, right? I think about that all the time. And I'm like, gosh, I don't miss that at all. Ew, David is what I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. That's a big one, though. I think talking about, like, rank or level, um, distinguishing between – so in higher ed, another one that I think of is professional staff versus academic staff, academic, like, faculty versus staff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big mm, tension. Um, yeah, I think, you know, uh, when I think about conversations we're having in the house, too, like, mm-hmm. what is, like, kindness versus respect – and, you know, I mean, raising, raising little ones, uh, you can tell we have them this weekend because it's like the subject of my conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think they're relevant ones that we talk about what's just and fair. Like, what yeah. are those? Those are things that come, yeah. are coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have with, <laughs> we have a children, but we should have a, a lot of adults as well. <laughs> Respect and truth, like truths out there, like yeah. what people believe to be true. So let's, uh, this will come out later, but let's say you went home for a family holiday dinner that you socially distance at outdoor with heaters or something um you're going to have to come up there's going to be issues of tensions on truths facts um and all that when people are talking about uh what's going on in the world today whether it's a virus an election uh who knows theory conspiracy out there gotta hate facebook um yeah (laughs) that's true but I think it is. I mean, I think that's just a good, it's, I also loved it because I think it's a really good self-reflection tool, right? So if I want to do some quick self-processing, like the ability to use this idea of both defining and making distinctions, mm-hmm. I think are really useful. Yeah. And it remember it reminds me that everyone comes from a different perspective. So we might say this thing, I'm like, what do you, what do you mean by that is a good question. Like, tell me more about that because we, you can easily make assumptions, but everyone has a different background and perspective and they might use words differently or just make up their own like I do. Um, so I think, do we not spend enough time about thinking about words? That was one of my questions I wrote here. Do we- That's a loaded question. I mean, the answer is no. And I, I feel like I just type talking Baba Ganoush sometimes there you go see that was an example like that's a food i know but i feel like like, you don't haven't thought about that word in a while i haven't i was like sometimes i feel like i'm just like blah blah you know there's underappreciated words out there is what you're saying i don't know i don't know what i'm saying i'd say like sometimes words are hard and so yeah i don't think we i think it's like i don't think about them enough or too much both and yeah and it's funny that like I think someone maybe someone said we need to meditate on words or def- how we define them mm-hmm. and um, we're both like avid readers writers I think I guess processing some of these ideas is helpful and that's what 
we're trying we're trying to do with coaching but in our own lives i think i've been thinking about how am i writing about this more and where should i be doing this work more yeah all right so we haven't made any distinctions about uh, specific words uh we can still say that we're going to use some of these tools probably in coaching they're like not really tools though and honestly we there's stuff that you just ask for clarification because you want to know the how and what's beyond the words that your client uses and words come up all the time like fear confidence yeah yeah i don't know leadership like there's lots of words that come up um and getting people to internalize it um getting your client to internalize it is really clutch yeah and powerful it is I think that's where the magic happens. Anything else we need to talk about in terms of defining distinction words or other no. things? I feel like that was a really succinct, like, yep, that's good. yeah, had a lot to say, which is funny when we talk about words. <laughs> Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.